Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on vocation, talking about the second estate of vocation, the church. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me today Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Rickey. All right, we are on. We're still talking about vocation. Whoa, shocking! Darn, vocation. Oh, yeah. Can't believe. It. Please make it stop. Like no, please right. stop. But we are moving to a different aspect of vocation or yep. different uh, estate. Yep. In the as we talk about vocation, the three estates, sorry, Bonhaferians, yeah. is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> sorry, it is now. Well, yeah, it is now. Sorry, Jennifer. Yeah, let's sorry, Jennifer. <laughs> let's just say it that way. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be really interesting uh, because we're moving from the estate of family to the, the mm-hmm. estate that all three of us probably have the least exposure to, the, <laughs> the estate of the church. <laughs> oh, right. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I honestly mm-hmm. think that as the people of God today, the church mm-hmm. talks about vocation in the church the least. Hmm. We do a halfway decent job of at least paying lip service mm-hmm. to vocation in the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've all done premarital counseling. Yeah. And, and, it kind of helps to have those yeah. Ephesians chunks of yeah. scripture. Yeah. I mean, there's direct yeah. address to issues in yeah. the family in scripture. We can handle that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... The, all the popular topics of the day are how Christians interact with society. Mm-hmm. So the, the third estate, you know, you've got books like the Benedict mm-hmm. Option and yeah. some of the things that Ben Sass has written about interacting with society, mm-hmm. with our neighbors. and Two kingdoms. Uh, two kingdoms yeah. stuff, community uh, interaction and activism and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's all going on. And the, the church is having at times a somewhat productive conversation in that. Not all the time and not all the places, but Mm -hmm. it's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, It needs to be better, but it's going on. Not to mention all of the books that you don't want your congregation to read by so-called Christian authors. Yeah. (laughs) We spend a lot of time avoiding stuff like that too. But those are the two poles. Sandwiched in the middle, the church doesn't really do a good job of talking about vocation in the church. Right. I mean, yep. we were kind of joking about it off air and it'll come up a little bit. The best we do in, in one aspect is we have Pastor Appreciation Month, which happens <laughs> to be October when we're recording. And even that, you know, comes with some caveats and yeah. stuff. And but, even then, churches don't always, you know, look at that or they don't participate in that. You know, too, it's, so. And I will I will confess this on air in front of you two, in front of our audience, the, the, the single topic Mm-hmm. I am most afraid to preach about <laughs> is the topic of how congregations ought to love their pastors. It's interesting. It's really I, hard to do that. I, and I not recently, look selfish. Yeah, I you almost want to bring someone else into yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. right. I, I did preach through. I've been preaching through the First Corinthians, and there was a, a section about you know, not muzzling the ox. Yeah. And it was kind of awkward, like you, you were saying. And, it feels like you're flipping yeah. hundreds out of your yeah, uh, right. Your hand. And, 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 and I said to the, them. you know, <laughs> when I preached that message in my congregation, I said, if it if you don't like me, then think about any pastor. Yeah. Because you know, 
I'm not going to be here forever. Well, you need to you stop know? asking for the yeah. private jet. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> if, I confess. If you, would, no. if you would settle for a Cessna <laughs> right. instead of a Learjet, uh, yeah. uh, you know, it, it would probably be mm-hmm. better for you. Oh, man. There's so many Babylon Bee articles. But yeah, so we're going to spend four episodes mm-hmm. talking about various vocations in the church. And, yeah. and again, after the primary vocational relationship of pastor and congregation, you have a vocation, mm-hmm. vocational relationship with your other members. This yeah. brings up questions of yeah. church membership and how yep. you function in the That's body good. of Christ. That's very good. What we all could do is rotate. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll all preach on that topic yeah. in each other's churches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll go, and I, I will, nice. I'll go down to Shaw. We said, This is how you guys should be loving Preston. Yeah. Brett, and Brian will be at mine. And Brett. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, how do Brett pastors love their congregation? Right. And, and we were, we've been saying with each of the vocations, there's, it comes in pairs. Yep. And so, we're going to deal with this idea of the pair uh, of pastor congregation or pastor parish. And so, uh, I'll read a little section from uh, the Table of Duties. And this is like King Jamesian English. Yeah, <laughs> the King James translation. That, that's a little, yeah. Small catechism. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen up anyway. You can translate in your own mind. This is directly from uh, bookofconcord.org, so don't blame go. us. Good sight. All right. It says, <laughs> a bishop must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy or filthy of, not greedy of filthy lucre. Yes. <laughs> L-U-C-R-E. L-U-C-R-E. Look that uh, one up. <laughs> yes. Uh, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house. Should I read this like a Shakespearean play? Please don't. No? Okay, sorry. <laughs> that wouldn't go so well. Having his children in subjection with all gravity. Not a novice. <laughs> Maybe we should pick a different uh, translation. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. And in the end, the moral of the story is to, in your own translation, preferred translation, read First Timothy 3 and Titus 1 and you'll get this. What, but- Brian, you don't have a, a copy of the... Of the table of duties around here? No. No. Oh, bummer. So, we're, at, so, <laughs> we're at his recording studio. Yeah. I have lots yeah. of Bibles. Yes. There you go. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, the, so the three things that you have to pull out from pastors loving their congregations is they're only allowed to play certain positions in soccer, not allowed to be a striker. <laughs> <laughs> they're not allowed to box. Uh, they can't be a brawler. A brawler. And yep. they have to teach their congregations to respect science. So that they are all in subjection to gravity. To gravity, yeah, <laughs> with all gravity. <laughs> oh, Lord, if your congregation no, is currently man. defying yeah, gravity and levitating, right. you are not a good pastor. Wow, uh, wow. But you know, it's it, it's we know most of the phrases in the mm-hmm. modern translations. Therefore, an right. overseer must be above yes. reproach, a husband of one, one wife, wife. Right. sober-minded, yes. self-controlled, right. respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not mm-hmm. a drunkard, not violent, mm-hmm. but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage right. his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. Mm-hmm. Or if someone, man, we can go on. Yeah, First that. Timothy three and yeah. Titus one. That, that mm-hmm. sounds uh, a lot more English than the English that I know. Gotta yes. love the KJV, right? Yes, uh, that's right. 
So, so really what it comes down to, and we've mentioned this before, the easiest way to summarize what a pastor is responsible for in a mm-hmm. congregation uh, is the threefold description that we learned in seminary, which yeah. I think is really useful. Good stuff. Preach the word, yep. administer the sacraments, shepherd the sheep. But never at the expense of your family. But never at the expense mm-hmm. of your family. And and and, and really... Yeah, the, having the, the children... Sub, yep, there's, because look how much it. emphasis mm-hmm. in that text was the family life. Mm-hmm. And so that is your our character. first vocation, yep. so yep. to speak. And, and that's why we order them family mm-hmm. and then church and then society, right? The, the family's the concentric primary state. Circles. Concentric circles. Concentric circles. Yeah, and, 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 and we should be fair, the, the, the descriptions in Timothy and Titus are mm-hmm. qualifications for the ministry more than they are a job description. Mm-hmm. And Luther chooses to use this as how pastors love their congregations and what's required of mm-hmm. them. And so there are, there are character responsibilities for the pastor and mm-hmm. then there are activity responsibilities right. for the pastor. And that's where right. we get to preach the word administer yep. the sacraments, shepherd the sheep. And we would qualify that by saying shepherding the sheep is primarily, but not exclusively done by preaching the word and administering the sacraments. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it, it, it's, that's the way we look at it. In, in other ways, we shepherd the sheep mm-hmm. and care for people. We, we talk about visitation, yep. about discipleship or counseling yep. responsibilities, yep. and mm-hmm. always, of course, prayer, prayer praying yep. for your congregation. That's right. These are what a congregation can expect from their pastor. Mm-hmm. But the question here is with our character requirements mm-hmm. and with our job description, uh, like mm. good Lutherans, what does this mean? What is this? What does this Vasidas. look like for Vasis Das? Mm-hmm. What is this? Yep. Uh, what does this look like, fellow pastors? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Wow. Yeah. You know, where do you start? <laughs> where um, do you start? Well, yeah. again, again, we started the family, you know, but it, you know, I think every congregation, this is what I've experienced. So I've served three parishes now. And uh, the thing I have um, learned and even being a, before this, you know, being in leadership of churches mm-hmm. is that each church is, is, is a little different. And so the, the three that you mentioned mm-hmm. in the sense of preaching the word and the sacraments mm-hmm. and, 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 and administering and loving and guiding the sheep, shepherding the sheep, all of those things play out. But where it changes is shepherding the sheep, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because I think each congregation has its own Characteristic, and yeah. it has its own flaws and sure. positives and stuff, and maybe a, a certain nuance of expectation. Yep. So the thing yep. that I've really I, and I took this right from uh, our seminary class, and in actually my dad uh, shared this with me too. He goes, "The first year you get in there, don't try to change anything. Nope. Just get in there and learn the people." Mm-hmm. And I know that we were encouraged to preach from the pericope. Don't you know if the church is used to doing series and stuff like mm-hmm. that? That's fine, but just preach the pericope. Don't really address anything until you. <sighs> really get to know the congregation. Bless you. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> That's yeah. okay. We're human. We sneeze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, you guys do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but none of us, I won't even say it. So... Um, <laughs> Fill in the blank. Um, so, you know, I think that's really yeah. important as a pastor comes into a congregation to try to get to know it. It's so easy to impose our own ideology, our own mm-hmm. ideas and what we think they need. But I think the way that we can really shepherd the sheep and love them in that first year mm-hmm. is to pray. Lord, show me what this congregation needs. Yeah. Get to know the people, visit with them. And then from there, allow God to lead you according to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and this is one of the things that's an AFLC distinctive, especially yeah. for the AFLC yep. seminary, is the concept of servant leadership. Mm-hmm. If a pastor gets into a congregation, guns a-blazing, mm-hmm. and says, this is how we're going to do things, yep. uh, you're going to 
Well, first of all, you're going to start siphoning off people, especially like in the context of our district here in Minneapolis, where there are other options Mm -hmm. pretty readily available to to attend. You're going to make enemies. You're going to break trust. And then the ministry that you need to have happen Mm -hmm. is going to be an uphill battle all the time. But what what your dad said to you is the same thing my father-in-law, who's also a pastor in the AFLC, said to me, is you get to a congregation, you don't change a thing for at least a year. Mm -hmm. You do things... Mm -hmm the way they had been doing so long as it's not heresy. Mm-hmm. And, and then you say, well, now that I've been a part of this congregation, can we tweak it a little bit for this? Yeah. And, uh, I think, yeah, the first parish, mm-hmm. the only thing I changed was at actually at the the um, ruling deacon board, is their request was like, can we look at the order of service to kind of create more of a flow? And I'm like, absolutely. You know, so, <laughs> so that was one of the things. It was their yeah. idea though. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, one of the things from a pr- pr- perspective of a pastor, and again, this is an AFLC distinctive, I, I'm not familiar with other pastoral situations, mm-hmm. is that we are called in the congregations to be servants of the congregation. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah. You yeah. know, the uh, part of this right. is inverted in generic American Christianity because so many places have pastor as CEO. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this visionary business leader mm-hmm. where the congregation isn't a collection of souls that need to be cared for. Mm-hmm. The congregation is an entity that needs to grow and be successful. And, and, and the, the definition of success is this pragmatic terms of bottom line and of butts in the seats, yep. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that completely changes a pastoral focus mm-hmm. to I have been called to a body of believers mm-hmm. and I am called to serve them. Yeah, you it, know? It's yep. making sure that consumerism doesn't creep in. It's yep. really easy yep. for that to happen. Yep. But... Excuse me. The, the true things I'd I'd like to address is you know after you learn the congregation and you along with confirmation from the ruling elder board in the congregation see a vision or have a particular focus that the congregation wants to walk in. One thing that I think that we fail to talk about a lot is when the congregation says they embrace this vision and and then don't want to go there. Yeah. And we need to to as pastors, part of loving our sheep is mm-hmm. speaking the truth in love, yeah. mm-hmm. confronting these things in love for yeah. the sake of reconciliation and growth toward unity and spiritual maturity, like it talks about in Ephesians mm-hmm. chapter 4. But the other thing I think that's really important also for us as pastors is to never think that we've we know enough mm-hmm. about God or about his atone yeah, about Christ's right. atoning sacrifice or about the sacraments. We have to constantly, constantly mm-hmm. model being self-learners in this area yeah, right. and always understand and I, that there is always more to learn about those wonderful elements of the gospel mm-hmm. to think that we've arrived and it's like, I got this law gospel thing is a fool's mm-hmm. mindset. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a good reminder from a pastoral perspective. And if people want to push back on me on this, I, I will accept it. But on the one hand, we are well-trained and equipped to do what we do on a yep. day-to-day basis as mm-hmm. pastors. On the other hand, we are not professionals. No. We're, it's, it's not a cold execution of business. Mm-hmm. I mean, pastoring right. is a, a muddy, mm-hmm. painful, messy, emotional, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, at times very rewarding mm-hmm. and at times extremely draining mm-hmm. calling that God has right. placed us in. And I think that that's why we come back to the scripture here, First Timothy 3, Titus 1, all these qualifications are talking about our character. And I recently read these Versus with my family for family devotions and my kids are like, dad, is this like, 
is this like crush you? It, oh, <laughs> I, th- no. I think that's, they didn't maybe say it that way, but that was kind of the gist of like, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, as I look at these things and man, I'm failing and this and this way and that way. But then I realize I'm qualified to be a pastor because of God's work in me mm-hmm. and, and the character he's working in me and continues to grow in me as I shepherd the flock and preach and, the word. And, and as an encouragement to pastors on this, there, this is a law passage. Mm-hmm. It's not a promise. So on the one hand, this is I, we should be failing at this because we're sinful human beings. Mm-hmm. And the, these calls, these qualification passages are— We're not doing it are, perfectly. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. calls to repentance. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these are the areas where we ought to be repenting for our family, before our families and before our congregations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- this is what God wants. Of it. I mean, it's just one of the things that we were all told on our first day of seminary, if not the interviews to get into seminary, that if you can do anything else, instead of being a pastor, go do that, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't told that. Oh, yeah. If I would have, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, it, it, wouldn't it, have learned. It, it, <laughs> it, it was something, you know, you know, a couple of our profs emphasized it in class and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And and I think the church sometimes is in a rush to get so many people in the ministry because of mm-hmm. the need without the, – this is a pretty stark calling. The, mm-hmm. the character qualifications were held to, the family qualification, you know, the spending time with mm-hmm. you, your family – and spending time with your wife, it is a constant battle of failure mm-hmm. when you go around this. And then, you know, like you spend time with your family and then you feel like you're neglecting your congregation. Mm-hmm. You spend time with your congregation. You feel like you're neglecting your family. <laughs> and then in the middle, I'm not doing any self-care whatsoever. To, I mean, to be honest, when when things get busy for me with either family or with church, the very first thing that goes is mm-hmm. devotions. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you lose that or, or whatever the case is. Just kidding. <laughs> no. Self-righteous uh, me. Yeah. I'm going to have a pink slip on my desk when uh. I get back tomorrow. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it, this is the thing. And, and mm-hmm. pastors ought to consider mm-hmm. how we vocationally love our neighbor, yep. the congregation. Yeah, good. You know, it's, that's good. a great way to approach pastoring. Mm-hmm. Vocation, yeah. yeah. Vocation. Vocation. <laughs> Do we have enough time to start talking about the other Yeah, we've got five of, minutes, and yeah, that's probably the, as much as we want to start talking about the other. <laughs> yeah, the other side of the coin, the congregation is loving their pastor, and so... So I've looked up yeah. the first two in um, a more in, readable right, translation. Yeah. Right. Please, please read, <laughs> why yes. You, why no, don't one of you look up yep. the third one for me? Mm-hmm. And so um, the first Corinthians passage, uh, chapter 9, verse 14 says, In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Galatians so, 6, 6. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that means pay your pastor so pay that he pastor. can, <laughs> so that he yeah. can, you know, live in at least a comfortable way. It doesn't have to be rich. It doesn't, yeah. whatever, but... Got to pay the bills. Um, Galatians <laughs> chapter six. I mean, that's part of you know when we get, when we look at a call, yep. we have to look at the practical yep. aspect because yep. we're the providers for our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galatians um, chapter six verse six. Uh, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. So if you learn something from one of us, from your pastor, if something just really ministered to you through God's word that your pastor taught you, share that with them. Feedback. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's that huge. The biggest way pastors are malnourished yeah, not, is feedback. Not just good sermon pastor. Yep. But, yeah, just be mm-hmm. able to see the fruit of the word is really encouraging to me as a pastor. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then First uh, Timothy 5, 17 and 18 says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. 
For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. Same yeah, thing. Same. Same principle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so it's, we, we talked about this before the episode. Mm-hmm. It is with much fear and trepidation <laughs> That a group of three pastors <laughs> sits on the radio and tells people how to love their pastor. You know, to, to be to be fair to us, we spent the majority of this episode talking about the pastor's yeah, vocation yeah, yeah. towards the. But it, it it it's hard to do without feeling selfish. It's hard to do without feeling sure. like you're whining. Um, but I think it's also valuable to say, you know, what what do we need? Mm-hmm. You know. And I think that the Galatians passage is huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what stokes my fire. When I see light bulbs go off in people's minds, understanding scripture, mm-hmm. when I hear that that this particular truth has ministered to them, mm-hmm. recently I was doing a new members class, and we were all in tears talking about the atonement of Christ. Mm-hmm. That is what fires me up. Yeah. Yep. yep. Good. So it's, I mean, so a very basic pastors need a private jet. <laughs> uh, corporate expenses. Your best life now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's it, a churches. ninety-eight Corolla. <laughs> yeah, a ninety-eight. <laughs> the, the Babylon Bee yes. article. That's probably my favorite one. Church questions pastors pay yeah. after he drives, pulls into church with swank new ninety-eight Corolla or whatever. Or if you're, like, if you're like listening to rap, like an old six-four rag top, you know. That'd be. <laughs> but I mean, in, in, in all legitimate uh, legitimacy here, I've had conversations with pastor pastors who fret. Mm-hmm about what car they're going to buy next mm-hmm. because oh, I know. the image of yep. if I buy a nice car because I've managed my money well, the congregation will think they're paying me too much or something right. like that. Isn't that crazy? There's yeah. no other occupation where that is the case, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but congregations ought to support their pastors. I actually was in a church that that happened. They bought, it was a Lincoln, mm-hmm. you know, and then so they traded in for of minivan because of all the complaints, but the minivan was like $10,000 more <laughs> than the Lincoln because they bought it used. And that was just such a ridiculous thing. Yes. There, there's yeah. no such thing as a swank minivan. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a father of five, I will tell you, there's no such thing. Yeah. A minivan's the only vehicle you can, you, if you, you put a spoiler on it. a lot of ridiculous. money. Yes. No, I know. Yes. It, you know. But there, there's nothing romantic. There's nothing idyllic about a minivan. No. <laughs> and some of the minivans are like some of the most expensive Depends cars on the out there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway. But it's like walking up to someone and saying, man, that's a really awesome camel you've got yeah. there. <laughs> Very functional. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, it's uh, the way I looked at the, the four verses, and we haven't read uh, Hebrews, oh yeah, Hebrews 13, 13. 17 mm-hmm. yet. But really, what is a congregation? How does a congregation love their pastor? I First have it right here. I'll read it. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are Ooh, keeping watch right? over your souls as those who will have to give an account. I'll let them do this with joy and not with groaning. <laughs> I need to read this to my congregation. <laughs> for that would be of no advantage to you. Mm-hmm. So I, I come up with a list of three categories that a congregation can look to mm-hmm. um, support their pastor, love their pastor. Vocation. The vocation mm-hmm. of, a, of a, a church member to their pastor. First is prayer. Mm-hmm. Pray for your pastor. Pray yes. for please, his family. family. Please yep. pray. And we please appreciate pray. so much those who lift us up in prayer. Mm-hmm. The second one, and it's an interesting word, uh, is obedience. Mm-hmm. And what do we mean by obeying pastor? This is not a lordship no. situation. No. When, when the scripture calls us to obey pastor, first is listen to the word he preaches. Mm-hmm. Listen to your pastor's sermon. Take it to heart. Meditate mm-hmm. upon what he said. Yep. Repent 
have faith and be encouraged by the gospel. And mm-hmm. then this is where we would fold in that mm-hmm. appreciation thing where, where mm-hmm. feedback. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. joke among some of my pastor friends and I is half the time when we preach, it feels like there would be no difference than if we read the back of a cereal box and mm-hmm. someone pats us on the bed and say, nice sermon, pastor, and you move on. Well, what was nice about it? You mm-hmm. know, it's, I, I, I've confessed on here before, and, and it's a regular thing for me, the most miserable four hours of my week Every week are the four hours after I'm done preaching mm. when I pick apart the sermon and, and, you know, for whatever reason, sometimes if I have writer's block, the passage doesn't make any sense to me until after I've preached it and it's like, oh, I should have pulled that out or uh, I should have talked about that yes. or I should have done that. The should have, could have, would have. Yeah. Yes. It's it, Saturday afternoons can be miserable to me. I mean Sunday afternoons. Sunday afternoons. Yeah. yeah I'm not Jewish or Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, <laughs> Sunday afternoons. If it wasn't for football season, then it gets really bad for me because I can't no. drown my misery in the misery of the Vikings, right? Ah. So <laughs> obedience is a thing. And then finally, financial support. You know, this, the don't muzzle an ox. Mm-hmm. You know, meet the material needs of your pastor. It is yep. important. It's a yep. family too, and that's right. It's hard work and Make a living the, from the, the spiritual warfare that does happen within a pastor's family. Man, it's a lot easier if you know you can pay your bills every month. Mm-hmm. Now, there are, I probably would say, at least I know statistically, this is the true. More pastors than not have a constant worry about their finances. Yep, yep. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, and we understand it's a, it's a volunteer charitable work that is done in supporting pastors. But, oh, I thought you were going to say in being a pastor. <laughs> well, no, it's not a volunteer work being a pastor. We are. Uh, more than, and and yeah. I will say on air, I am well loved by my congregation. I feel supported. But it's, you know, for the for the pastors that are out there in, in difficult situations mm-hmm. uh, where there is conflict in their congregation, uh, where they're ministering in poorer areas, rural or urban, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Pray for them. And, and, and pastors, we appreciate the work you're doing wherever you are called to do. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Well, I'm going to end with um, the high priestly prayer of Christ as he prays uh, for the church after he has uh, finished praying for the apostles. He begins in John chapter 17, verse 20. It says this, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the topic of vocation. God bless you and have a great week. 